Hey, Outcomes Rocket listeners, Saul Marquez here. I get what a phenomenal asset a podcast could be for your business and also how frustrating it is to navigate editing and production, monetization, and achieving the ROI you're looking for. Technical busy work shouldn't stop you from getting your genius into the world though. You should be able to build your brand easily with a professional podcast that gets attention. A patched up podcast could ruin your business. Let us do the technical busy work behind the scenes while you share your genius on the mic and take the industry stage. Visit smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. That's smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. Welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket. Saul Marquez here. And today I have the outstanding Mark Newman joining us. He is the co-founder and chief executive officer of Nomi Health. Newman and his team are working to solve the employee healthcare crisis by removing the waste embedded in the traditional process and cutting healthcare spending costs by 30%. Previously, he founded and built HireVue, the world's largest provider of AI-driven talent assessment and video interviewing solutions, which sold to the Carlyle Group in the category's largest sale to date. Newman is an active advisor in startups across the enterprise software, human resources, and healthcare. And he's an investor in healthcare, making a huge impact. With that, Mark, I want to welcome you to the podcast. Thanks so much for joining. Hey, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Before we dive into Nomi Health and the work that you guys are up to there, tell us a little bit about your healthcare inspiration. What got you into the space? Uh, you know, the, the intersection of patient, consumer, business owner, you name it, and the pain with all of it. I was building higher view. I have three kids under five. So uh, life is filled with no sleep. But, um, you know, it was, it was, was building higher view and my son was born. And the craziest thing happened is that a nice person from finance came into our hospital room and said, oh, congratulations on your new baby. Uh, I just want to come talk to you about the bill for it. And I sat there just stunned. And I said, okay, uh, what is it? She said, well, you're on a high deductible health plan. It's, it's $4,500. We need to talk about a payment plan before you leave. And, and I sat there just blindly going through this life-changing experience, right, on one yeah. hand, um, and, and, uh, and hearing this on the other. And I whipped out uh, my HSA card, and I just gave it to her. She said, what do you want me to do with this? And I said, pay the bill. She goes, well, you have to put at least 10% down. And, and I'm thinking, like, in my head, I'm, I'm, building, I'm running a company. We have lots of people. We have great healthcare, great benefits, fully funded HSA. Like, we are living the privileged life of tech, mm-hmm. right? And, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, okay, what if I just pay all of it? She's like, I'll take 30% off right now. Life-changing moment on one hand, very important moment on the other, because I sat there and I was, I was to be frank, a little pissed um, yeah, because sure. here I am, I have money, so I get a lower price. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up in Canada. I come from a long line of hypochondriacs. None of them fear the bill for it. <laughs> and here I am, uh, and, and I'm sitting here thinking on this exact same day, if one of my call center team members or someone that worked for us part-time and was starting a family and going to school or, you know, whatever it might be, showed up, had the exact same thing and had to walk out with a payment plan, not only would they probably be paying it with, post, with post-tax with dollars, right? Because yeah. they weren't planning right. Yeah. They were putting it in their HSA. They weren't doing all these different things. But on top of that, they paid more. And at that point in time, I was, you know, building HireVue, which, you know, there's a great company and helping companies build transformative teams or diverse and inclusive and stayed and performed highly. And that was, I thought my life's work, right? I spent 15 years building that business. Yeah. But at that moment in time, I realized that there was another chapter and we had to go solve that problem. Wow. It's a great, great story. 
And Mark, I mean, that's the sad reality of the way that, you know, healthcare is accessed today. Finally, surprises left and right, and then lack of transparency, you know? And so you've put together your thoughts from your experience, both as a, you know, as a father and as a company leader, and now you've embarked on been leading the Nomi team. So, so talk to us about Nomi Health. What exactly you guys are, what, what are you up to and how are you adding value to the ecosystem? Sure. So the, the problem I recognized in that situation was that there had to be a much better way to connect mm-hmm. the employer. So in this case, was Hireview was a you know, new name of Fortune for 2000 company directly with the provider because every day of the week, they would trade immediate payment for a lower cost every day of the week. And as I dug into the problem, what it really was is that there was way too many middlemen and way too many people who made way too much money off of dragging that out, slowing it down, going through the pain that is medical billing and collections, claim adjudication, you name it today. So what we're building at Nomi is a complete rewrite of the plumbing for self-funded healthcare in America, where we believe the system should run in real time, be connecting directly between employers and providers, and bring full visibility around payment, claim adjudication, member experience, money money movement, value, you name it, uh, all in a real-time way. Our entire lives run in real time, credit card payments, Venmo, you name it. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yet for some reason in healthcare, we still think it's acceptable that 40% of the value chain is just lost the middlemen and time and waste. We think it shouldn't be. So we're going to rewrite the system. Love it. And so are you guys honing in on that upfront pay for a discount to start or are you tackling other areas too? Talk to us a little bit about the the, uh, the approach. So so, yeah, so direct contracting has existed in some form or another for a century, right? With the old old mining towns had direct contractors, direct doctors on staff and you paid them directly. Um, Healthcare used to be quite simple that way. The issue is scale. Every TPA out there or any employer with, you know, 10,000 people in Fort Worth, Texas uh, says, you know what we're going to do? We're going to call up these hospitals. We're spending so much money and I'm going to go do a contract directly with them. The issue is it breaks. You either have an existing business that you don't want to disrupt because you're a TPA. Your bread is buttered by the carriers, right? (laughs) You, you know, you you don't want to totally upset them. You want to add some value for clients, but you don't transform your business or you're an employer. And, you know, we used to work, well, we worked with all the banks on Wall Street. One of them in particular uh, is fascinating to me because they spent $200 million a year on recruiting and they had 600 FTEs on their team managing that spend and doing the job. They spend a billion dollars a year on benefits. The cost is exploding at three to 5% per year. And they have 10 managing that entire process. Mm-hmm. They've outsourced it all to the consultants, right? The advisors, the, you know, the BPOs, you name it. None of them have the incentive to solve this problem. And what happens quickly is that, you know, you have your 10,000 people in Fort Worth and you say, oh, great, we're going to do direct contracting. It's going to be fantastic. Then someone in legal says, well, are you doing this for everybody across the country? How are you scaling this? Are you going to be able to make this repeatable? How do you do different plan designs for people, right? And you get into the death by a thousand policies that either your carrier, your consultant, or your legal department throws in front of you. So we aren't just saying, oh, let's drive prompt payment for lower price. What we're actually building here is a total end-to-end replacement for a BUCA carrier for a national employer. This goes from network to member management, claim adjudication, data and analytics, disease management, pharmacy, and building it from scratch. Got it. Very cool. Appreciate you going down that path. It's all inclusive. It is uh, rethinking the way that the entire transaction happens, you know, at, at least the financial pieces of it. Yeah, I mean, the, great, the greatest thing we could do as an industry is stop calling the carriers payers. They're facilitators and they're frankly 
you know, <laughs> stagecoach thieves at this point, because ultimately they don't pay fast. They take a huge part of the value chain and there needs to be a better way and a better system. Mm -hmm. And so let's start calling them carriers. That's what they are. They're not payers. They're facilitators of payers. And let's connect the real payer, the employers and the members that they support directly with the providers. Boom. Well said, my friend. <laughs> um, and, you know, a lot of the existing nomenclature out there is embedded in, in you know, misunderstanding and um, appreciate you, you know, giving us this fresh perspective. I think it's, it's uh, something that we all need to be thinking about. What would you say makes the solution you guys are offering today? Obviously, it's different. How is it better? Than, than what's available today. We, we have to go through the hard thing and that's building it from scratch. Mm -hmm. If you think about the, the current carrier ecosystem or TPA ecosystem, it's built by a thousand acquisitions. They have all sorts of various systems. More importantly, they, have, they suffer from the bias of, of tradition. This is how we've always done it. Oh, if we speed up things from you know thirty or sixty days to fourteen days, we look like rock stars. Right? Um, yeah. ver yeah. Versus saying, why should the movement of value take more than ten milliseconds? The stagecoach companies didn't invent didn't invent credit cards, <laughs> and the credit card <laughs> companies didn't invent Venmo. You had you had to take a fresh approach to it, and you had to do it not burdened by a traditional business model because they won't throw it out. The brokers, the advisors, the consultants, the, you know, you name it, can't throw it out. They can't bite the hand that feeds them. So for us, from scratch, uh, we're building the engine, uh, the platform. So, you know, essentially that's a vertically focused spend management system. If we had to get very, you know, very, very geeky on it, right? Sure, um, sure. And it encompasses my Let's experience from employees. My experience from employers, my co-founders, uh, one was the COO of Imagine Health, which was narrow network, high performance plan providers. Okay. Uh, and then our CTO came from Goldman Sachs, where he was the chief digital officer there and built Marcus and Apple Card. And if you think about combining those experiences, not to mention the, the subject matter expertise across our team, it's connecting the self-funded employer with the modern fintech platform that runs in real time married with all the, you know, essentially the content, right? the network, the rules, the claim adjudication mentioned, the fraud and waste and abuse and appropriateness and everything you want in there to be running in real time. So whereas that takes tens of thousands of people in a large carrier, it won't here. Hmm. That's big picture. I admire the, the well thought out uh, approach, Mark. And so as we think about the challenges, you know, that a project like this will embark, I'm sure you've already run into them but it's like the daily challenge, right? So what would you say one of those biggest challenges has been and a key learning that's come out of that? Uh, one, one of the biggest challenges is creating, <laughs> creating trust in the solution, right? Because people, the, the, the provider groups of today and the hospitals are so broken, right? They're demoralized, yeah. they're burned out and broken from and just try to accept that this is the status quo of what healthcare should be. It's why you're seeing practices shut down and just sell to the big systems. It's why you're seeing big systems or just other big systems to hopefully have negotiating leverage with payers. And the other piece of it as well is how do we connect employers and willing to be first? And you have to find them and hunt for them. Because the way this works is, you know, a dollar of negotiated healthcare in America, which we spend tens or hundreds of billions of dollars trying to get to and manage and fight over, right? But we get a, you know, we go to a doctor, we have this claim, it's a buck. What happens in 90% of cases is, uh, well, actually 99% of cases, is that people disconnect all the players. In the current industry, are geniuses. They treat everyone and separate the witnesses. And so if you think about it, though, for that dollar of negotiated healthcare, you dig into your plan documents and we say, okay, only 80 to 85% of our actual premiums have to be spent on care, right? The medical loss ratio. So that means right out the door as a CEO and business owner, we're paying a buck 25. 
you take it that dollar now further down to the provider path and you ask any provider, you say, okay, on a dollar that you're owed contractually, what do you collect? And they laugh and cry at the same time. And you say, okay, how long does it take to collect 80 cents on the dollar? And they say, do you know anyone that does that? Yeah. Uh, they get into patient collections. It's in the teens. And so they look at this and you say, okay, maybe it's 80 cents. Best in class we've ever seen is 90 cents. Now it's on a high-end academic hospital. And they said, okay, and it takes us four to six months to figure out. So if you connect up that whole value chain, you say, okay, on the top end as employers, we're paying a buck 25. And for the people who actually deliver value, they're collecting 80 cents at best in four to six months. Where's the rest of all that going? Got it. Can we pay you 80 or 85 cents right now? Can we then run the entire system like a credit card on three or four or 5%, run it in real time and take that value back to patients and employers and providers and finally take back the system? So you're talking about biggest challenge. <laughs> People say, yes, I want that. And you're like, who else is doing it? And so that's what we're going through where, you know, there is no such thing as a beta health plan. So we're building that uh, entirely and we're bringing on our first employers and bringing on network and building that out. But it's hard rock mining for sure. People are very used to the status quo, even if they want something new and different. Yeah. Yeah. And so, Mark, walk me through the the buck 25 because I, I miss that. You know, I, I want to make sure I, I understand it and the listeners understand it. So. I get the collections piece, but where's the buck 25? Talk to us about that. So we can use a Anthem's earnings call as an example, right? Okay. So Anthem, public company, mm-hmm. they have to report on their medical loss ratio every single quarter. And under the Affordable okay. Care Act, they're supposed to spend at least 80 cents of any plan dollar on actual health care. Okay. They'll be 83, 82, 81, you know, on any given on any given quarter. And if it goes too high, they get hammered by the stock analysts for spending too much on health care. We talk about that metric as if it's like its own unique unicorn, right? That only concerns the carriers. What that means, though, is that when they collect $100 billion of premium revenue across their customer base, they're only spending $80 billion of it on actual healthcare. Got it. (laughs) And so as a business owner, right, and CEO and head of HR and head of benefits and you as as an individual consumer, when you spend... $20,000 $20,000 a year on, fa- on premiums for your family. At best, only 16000 will be spent on healthcare. I'm with you now. I appreciate your uh, elaboration because I was, I was wanting to better understand it and that right there put it together. Thanks for doing that. Yeah. And so you take that 16000 right? And you say, yep, great, yep. provider, that's what you're going to get paid. And they're like, yeah, I wish. <laughs> they collect maybe thirteen. And so now we see this path of we spend $20,000 on premiums. The provider, if we, if we only went to one provider the entire year, right, gets $13,000. Where does the rest go? And that's what we want to eliminate. Love it. Man, that's awesome. <laughs> Thank you for that. And, uh, and, and, you know, it's, uh, it's a great opportunity. Uh, I'm really, really hopeful that you guys could, could knock this one out as, you, as you're building and, you know, learning. What are you most excited about today? Um, what I'm most excited about is if we're right, we're going to be really right. There's yeah. no like small right here. If we win, that benefits everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, if, we, we, if we do right by patients, we finally give them affordable health care. Do right by employers, we finally help them tackle affordable health care. We do right by providers because they finally get a shot to practice medicine and not just focus on bill, billing and payment collections. We think we can have the system we all deserve. That's great healthcare at low co- at low costs. That isn't going and trying to make provider uh, might make carriers happy. 
that mm-hmm. we don't have to. Let's make let's build an alternative to them. And so that's the the the, the greatest opportunity is like the human effect that this has. We can show up and say the thing you fear most will now be thirty or forty percent less cost. And same doctor, same care, thirty percent lower cost. We feel it when I look back and measure my life. That'll be something that we can be really, really proud and proud of delivering. Totally, man. That's awesome. Thanks for uh, that. I'm excited too. (laughs) 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 And I hope you're really, really right. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's it'll be it's it's uh, we have to do something. I mean, as a country, as a as a healthcare buyers, you know, Mm -hmm. consumers and the real payers, we have to do something. There are so many companies in the health payments and collection space. And I'm going to throw carriers in there that are worth tens or hundreds of billions of dollars. We were upset at the robber barons in the 1800s around train tracks and, you know, and ship lines and you name it. We should be upset at the carriers too. Love it. Well said. And, you know, this podcast will definitely give me a lot to think about. And if you're listening to this as well, I'm hopeful that it does the same for you. Mark, tell us where listeners could get in touch and learn more and also leave us with the closing thought. For sure. So come visit us at nomihealth.com, N-O-M-I health.com. I'm Mark at nomihealth.com. We have a fabulous team of almost 400 people now um, across all of our operations from technology building to network development uh, and a lot, of, a lot of our public health and public sector programs as well that we support states with. And uh, reach out to us and come get involved, whether you're a self-funded employer, a provider, uh, or an individual that just wants to see change. We'd love to have you. Uh, from a closing thought perspective is we actually all can do something about healthcare. We're not uh, helpless. What it takes is standing up and showing up and fighting for it. Great closing thought, Mark. And with that, uh, just want to give you a big thanks. Uh, we're rooting for you just uh, to have success with this with this venture and uh, certainly look forward to staying in touch with any any major updates you guys have. Hey, thanks for, thanks for having me and look forward to it. Hey, Outcomes Rocket listeners, no podcast, no problem. Launch a professional podcast you'll love in four weeks. Most people hire production companies to edit and distribute content that sounds bad and does nothing for their revenue or their network. But you could turn the key to a made-to-order podcast and skip all the pitfalls that make 90% of shows discontinue after five episodes. We've got the expertise, the elbow grease, and you're back on this one. Visit smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. That's smoothpodcasting.com to learn more.